think of the wings? Oh, they're good. Jethro's is always solid. Yeah, they're uh, they 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 do a buy one get one on on Tuesdays, but it's buy ten, so you end up with twenty wings, which is it doesn't seem like a lot until it comes out. Oh yeah, I especially, can't I especially can't for one person. Twenty wings anymore. I u- I used to be able to do twenty wings no problem, Ooh. but not not so much anymore. Yeah, uh, I'm about ten wings and I'm good anymore. Yeah, but the good thing is, you know, you can uh, br- always bring it home, which is what I did today. Now, are you a flats guy or drummy guy? I prefer flats, but I'm I'm okay with either one. Flats is where it is at. Yeah, but I'll I'll do both. You sure you don't want ghost sauce? Mm-mm. Ooh. Actually, uh, I no li- way. I lied to you. One's ghost sauce. One is uh, habanero raspberry, but I poured ghost sauce in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> the, ras- the raspberry one's a little... A little too sweet. A little too sweet. So yeah. I just wanted to balance it out. With... I could do I could do habanero raspberry, but the ghost one, no, I don't. <clears throat> that would not be up my alley. Yeah. I'm more of a, like a honey barbecue or like a, a garlic... Or just straight buffalo, like mm. original buffalo. I am not a big buffalo fan. No? I don't know. It's just, I think it's the vinegar for me. Yeah. I don't, and that's the other thing is I don't, there's like a fine balance with wings in terms of how much sauce is on there. Like mm-hmm. I don't want them smothered, but I at least want to taste the sauce that you have on there. Because there's times where like, like you said with the buffalo, it comes out and it's stinging your nostrils and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit intense. Um, that's why I always like my sauce on the side. So mm-hmm. I got the, so these wings are the barbecue rub, mm-hmm. and then I asked for the sauce on the side. I was surprised uh, the barbecue rub by itself is ain't ain't too bad. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's solid. Yeah, it's got flavor. And then I gotta have the ranch. That's that's my thing. Oh, ranch. ranch, 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 ranch. Give me as much ranch as you can. See, I actually left the ranch because I was like, ah, I don't eat that much ranch. Man. Oh, yeah? They'll come out and I'll say, bring like twice as much as that. Mm-hmm. All right, that was Butters that just texted me. I mean, we could still get started without him and he could catch up or we just wait till he gets here. I don't, I don't, I don't, away. Cause I don't know how good it sounds with us munching away. But <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, we'll be right back, guys. Hell? We can always <laughs> just cut, cut away. What do you think about that uh, chili teriyaki? Or not chili teriyaki, Thai chili sauce. Oh, is this the hype? Is this the hypey one? This is the Asian store one. Oh, okay. No, solid. Yeah, the original. I think like Maploy brand. Yeah. It was before like it really got popular in Western restaurants and Western stores. Because mm-hmm. uh, like we've been eating this stuff since I was a little kid and. I don't know, maybe it was like 10 years ago, then it started popping up everywhere. Mm. Now, see, I wouldn't want the wings covered in that because it would be too too much. Right, right, right. But it's a good it's good to dip. I am I like like my egg rolls with oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm more of a dipper when it comes to the wings, I guess. Oh, there's the, Yo. the man, the myth, the legend. How are you doing, nice, to meet you. nice to meet you, finally. Butters. How's it going? Let me see. Well, we got some wings from Jethro's. I see that. They look pretty good. If you're hungry, raspberry habanero with ghost pepper sauce, straight ghost pepper sauce, 
and Thai chili sauce. Sounds like a trip to the toilet <laughs> is what it sounds like. Well, this one's pretty sweet, though. The Thai yeah. chili's all right. No. You don't have the fire sauce out, though. No. <laughs> I don't. I got the pineapple one. Made a pineapple sauce for fish wraps. Mm. I don't know how they would be with chicken. Probably fine. That's a... Uh... <laughs> little sniffly, <laughs> huh? Um, it's a little fuego. <laughs> I think I'm going to take my stocking cap off if I keep eating that. I think, uh, I think you turned a little red there. <laughs> a, little fl- a little flushed. This one's not as... I not love as heat. Crazy. I love heat, though. This is like the... Uh, man, I, I can't ever remember. Habanero raspberry. raspberry. Yeah, habanero raspberry. I snagged a beer, by the way. No, that's cool. Okay. That was probably the beer you, you bought anyways. Well, before we get too far, I guess I should do an intro. Hold on, let me mm. not be a savage and talk with my mouthful. Mm. Is this is this the first time that you've been chowing yeah. on the podcast? Yeah. yeah. So oh. I don't think I recall seeing an episode where you're chowing on wings or anything. I think actually one episode we were eating dim sum yeah. with uh, Ryan and mm. Spencer. Mm. But that was more low-key on the side. This is just... Sure. This is kind of like... Front I mean, and center. It goes good with the beer, though. It so. does. Wings and beer, man. Yeah. Got beer, wings, fish fanatics. But anyways, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another podcast. If you are new here, my name is Kit, and this is the Bear Fish Fanatics podcast. Normally, my co-host would be Grandy, but he is taking a sabbatical. But with me, I have Butters to my right and Derek to my left. Um... Both, the, both, both of these guys have been on the show a few times, and uh, if you guys want to do a quick little intro for those new people. Yeah, so uh, my name is Derek Wilkins, and um, owner-operator of 515 Fishing, um, the, the page, um, 515 Fishing Guides, anything that's you know 515 Fishing affiliated that would be something that I'm owning and operating and manage. Butters? Mm. I'm Jeremy Butters. Uh got a youtube channel i just started up called uh central iowa angler and uh i just love fishing and beer beer is good too <laughs> you know, bear bear and fishing are like two things that bring people together i guess chicken wings too huh mm-hmm. i think any kind of good food brings, i think of wings as being a an american style dish too like when you talk about american food mm. what don't you think wings falls in that category um, I guess you could, but Asian like, people like, love wings also. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like the same same style and everything? Yeah, we we typically don't put the sauce on our wings. Mm. We'll season the wings, and then maybe we'll dip it. That's why when you see me eating, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll dip versus, you know, yeah. getting my wings ordered with sauce on them. Yeah, I guess I should specify bu- buffalo wings, buffalo I guess, is wings. what I think of as like an American mm. yeah. type food. Yeah, I mean... I, um. Are these buffalo, though? They're not buffalo flavor. They're sm- smoked wings, aren't they? Yeah, smoked, smoked wings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think uh, wings in general are just an everybody food. Yeah. I think everybody likes yeah. Who doesn't wings. love wings? Right? <laughs> probably, probably vegans or... But you guys you guys aren't boneless wing fans, are you? No. no okay. No, 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 like, those aren't wings. The, the, you can't put nuggets. wings and boneless in the same sense. <laughs> they're not wings. For me. They're no. chicken nuggets. Yeah. yeah they are it's chicken pop, popcorn chicken. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's what it is, which is fine. Yeah. You know, I like popcorn chicken too, but they're not like they're not wings. Don't say I'm going to go out to a place and get wings and then get boneless. Yeah. It's not. They're two different things. I'm going to go get chicken tenders. Yeah. 
All right, before we get too far ahead, let's, uh, what's everybody drinking? I guess I'll start. I got a Breckenridge Brewery from Colorado. Is I've that been, right? I've been there. To the brewery? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a vanilla porter. Grand, Grandy would probably like that. He, he is a porter guy. I'm not huge on porters, mm. but... And it's Colorado. Right? right? He's got family there, yeah, right? Check, it takes two boxes for Grandy. In memory. <laughs> In memory. Cheers to Grandy. <laughs> <laughs> to you, Grandy. Yeah. But like I was saying, I'm not super huge into uh, porters and stuff, but this is fine. I, I don't know. It's a little yeah. bit lighter, isn't it? Yeah, it is yeah. lighter. It's not, I don't know, taste-wise, porters can get kind of heavy. Mm. Alcohol content, they're not super crazy. Mm. Cause that's not why I typically don't favor them. It's just flavor-wise. They can get kind of heavy. Mm. Says the guy that likes IPAs. <laughs> I like I like I like porters because they're a little bit smoother if you mm. get a good one. Which is part of why I'm not an IPA fan is I don't like I don't like that. Uh, There's a bite to it. Yeah, sure. it's like a I don't know to say fizziness, but that's kind of what it reminds me of is yeah. that bubbly whateverness to it. I've got a um, New Glarus Moon Man. It is a no coast pale ale. Solid little drink. Um, New Glarus is that brewery out there, um, famous for Spotted Cow. Uh, last time I was in Wisconsin, I was, I was out there and got a bunch of different stuff from them. I'm drinking uh, beer from Toppling Goliath Brewing Company. It's been on the podcast before, Pseudo Sue. Like the last two podcasts, yeah. I feel like, right? Yeah. Staple. It is a staple. It's pretty good. I Man, I've said it before. Well, I'll say it again. It's one of my favorite beers. Brewed in beautiful Decorah, Iowa, which shit is beautiful there. Mm. Um, so you were talking about Wisconsin. Was that recent? Um, no, not this season. That probably would have been two years ago now. Don't tell me you've had that beer for two years. Probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Aged okay. Right. <laughs> I know the, the purist would say that's a no-go, but... It is in a dark bottle, which is key. Right. It's been out of the sunlight, which mm-hmm. is key. So, I mean, I've done a couple things to keep it uh, in better shape. Right. So. Well, if that bear's two years old and this bear's two years old, it tastes fine. Yeah. No, I, I mean, mine tastes all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I suppose we should get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, and that's fishing. We already got the bear out of the way. Uh, I know I haven't spoken to you since before the lakes froze. Have you been out, and how's ice fishing been going for you? Yeah, I've been out a ton. Um, it's been it's been a fantastic season. Um, I'd say I've been really spoiled just in general the last few years in terms of fishing and quality. And um, I do make a point to travel a good amount, especially during the ice season. I've been up to the Detroit Lakes area of Minnesota. Fish Lake of the Woods already this season. Uh, did some pond hopping, done some lakes locally. You know, um, just the biggest, the biggest I think perk so far is I got some real nice crappie. We've got a couple crappie over 14 and a half that were studs. Got a couple gillies over 10, and, and got my PB perch up at Lake of the Woods, which was 13 and a half. Um, so I've been chasing a big perch for a long time and Lake of the Woods really wasn't the place I was expecting to catch big perch. Uh, but we got into them on the second day fishing there. We got, I think four 12 inches and then that one 13 and a half. So yeah, it's been, it's been a fantastic, uh, ice fishing season so far. Dang. 
I don't even, I don't know if I can say I caught any PBs yet this winter. Um, I know Butters has. Yeah, couple. Yeah, a couple. I know there's one with stripes. I caught a nice perch. A perch, yeah, like yeah. a PB perch. Thirteen. Thirteen. In Iowa, yeah. That ain't bad. Yeah. For Iowa, it's real nice. Yeah, it was crazy. He hit a tikka minnow. Did he? Just crushed it. I thought it was a big walleye. I was like, whoa. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> making my life easier when i go to edit this <laughs> yeah, i think that's it though oh no i caught i caught a pb wiper too yeah fish with stripes yeah, that's what i said yeah we didn't uh we didn't measure it but i mean it was a big fish oh, I, well i don't measure fish i know you you like to measure fish and i, <laughs> I always give you a hard time like come on come on let's come on let's get it back come on <laughs> yeah that's me. That's me too, though. Like if if I think it's a master angler or a PB or somewhere in that range, I I usually want to throw it on tape. Yeah. Yeah. Just I I don't know. I I don't really have a good reason there, a reason it's, to advocate it, for that. It's curiosity. Because you know somebody's gonna ask yeah. you if you post a picture. How big was that fish? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, and I would say a couple of the copies I've caught this winter, I I probably could have lied and said they were sixteen plus and got away with it. But I don't know. I guess I don't know. I just feel better about it. I suppose <laughs> it's not. I, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. I I guess I got the video aspect because mm-hmm. you know when you're not filming yourself, if you don't take a picture, it's kind of hard to put that memory in like some kind of physical form. Other than oh yeah, this one time I caught this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe over time. <laughs> that number gets bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Like it starts from fourteen to fifteen to sixteen, maybe I don't know. But I think for me, it just gives me that real number to compare it to the previous fish that I've caught, and say this fish looks freakishly big. Is it bigger than that? You know, one that I caught X amount of years ago or whatever, and then putting it on tape or putting it on scale kind of validates whether it is or isn't. So that's, yeah, that's true. It does confirm like. <laughs> A lot of people sit there and look at a fish. Oh, that's a, at least a 16-inch fish, but mm-hmm. then never put a tape to it. Mm-hmm. They'll never know, but they believe it's a 16-inch fish or it's a 30-pound catfish. So, that's, so that would be one of my pet peeves, is if you're not going to measure it and not put it on a scale, then don't attach a number to it, mm-hmm. I guess. That's just, that's to me, because like, so let's say you do go out and catch, um, you know, a big crappie or whatever, and, and then you say... Oh, this, this is my P, PB. It's 17 and a half inches. <laughs> like, how, how did you come to that conclusion? Well, I took three bush like cans. You know, that's like, a big crappie. Um, so I guess that's my thing is just say, hey, I, this is this is the biggest crappie I've ever caught. It's a monster. Okay, that's fair. You can respect that. But don't tie specific measurements to it unless you're going to go through that process. Yeah. Yeah. At least don't exaggerate if you do. Right. Because uh, if you are going to say it's 17 and a half, Somebody might ask you, do you do you have it on a bump board? Right. You know, if it doesn't look 17 and a half. Well, I caught it. I know what I caught. <laughs> yeah. That's always the argument, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Which, that's part of the fishing drama, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I'm guilty of, I'll put a number out there, but I try to be reasonable with, right. that, with that number. Like, oh, right. this is probably a 10-inch crappie. No, one, no one's going to question right. my 10-inch no. crappie. No, there, but there's, there's certain limits for each fish where you're yeah. like, okay, hold up. If I if I told you last week and I caught a twelve inch gill, you would probably want to see yeah 
that fish and, and say, is that really a 12-inch 12, I mean, 12 gill? It's a monster, you know? They don't come around often. Right, right. Yeah, so. that, that's why Grandy, for the longest time, I was giving him so much shit for his 30-plus pound blue cat. Yeah. Uh, he... He didn't take any pictures because at the time he wasn't recording videos or yeah. anything. He's just like, man, it's, it's like this thing and blah, blah. I was like, well, you don't know. There's no there's no, no proof. Picture. No, yeah. no, no proof. No pictures, no video. Yeah. And it'd be hard to weigh a fish in a kayak. but Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Safety at the end of the day, the end of the day that's just all feeding your ego and your own goals. You know. Yeah. Um, part of it is also me giving Grandy a bunch of shit. Cause, uh, <laughs> if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a long time, <laughs> I always give him shit. So miss your gourds. And th- there's ways that you can, you can be prepared, like you can have your bump board out and ready, like when you're ice fishing. And you can have it ready when you're on shore too. Yeah, yeah. You still want to be sensible, you know. Right. I mean, kind of like you're talking about getting them back in the water. Like if, if it is that nice a fish, you want to try and take care of it, you know. So whether that means holding it holding down it in, in the, the hole, hole yep. you know, or if you're open water, keep it in the net. Um, so that, you know, Butters isn't running half a mile to go get the tape and then the fins are frozen and then you're, like, trying to let it go. Um, right. You know, so you, you can still take the right measurements to do that. Um, you just want to be prepared. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But me, I'm just lazy. I don't want to dig that stuff out. I just want to, like I said, I, I, I got the video thing. I just showed it on the camera, talk about it a little bit, then let it go. Because I don't, I don't, I don't want to be fiddling around with bump boards and tapes. But that's just me, you know, to each their own. Yeah. Because like Butter says, you know, if you're prepared for it, just bring a bump board, have it ready, yeah. which mm-hmm. we did one of the outies we had, and I caught a big-ass catfish, and yeah. we didn't bump it, and I just let it go. We bumped that other one, though. The, which one? What fish? It was like 20, 25, 26. But not there. as big. Not, not, not the not biggest the crazy one. Not big the biggest one. one. Well, I shouldn't say crazy big, but... The, Pretty big it, through it the was, ice in Iowa. It was twenty-five wiper, twenty-five uh, inch wiper. Catfish. Oh, catfish. catfish. Yeah, yeah. It was twelve, thirteen-ish, maybe. Pounds? Yeah. I don't know. I said maybe. It was 10. ten plus. I said maybe ten. It was fat. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't, <laughs> don't want to just talk about throwing out numbers he's going, and then he's not. Going, he's going there. And then he's not. There. You know, putting it on a scale. It, it was above ten pounds. I'll say that. I'll say 10-ish. 10-ish. <laughs> the thing I've noticed with channel cats is they get fatter before they get longer. It is it, it is not like super, super tough to catch a 10-pound channel, but to catch a 30-inch channel, yeah. that, that is a heck of a fish. You know, right. we've caught a lot of channels uh, the last five years, and I can count on one hand probably the number of 30s that we've come across. I mean, so many of those big fat ones are 28, 27 and a half, 28, 28, you know, it's just really hard to get that 30 incher. Yeah. Especially in Iowa. I, mm-hmm. I remember for the longest time, that was the monkey on my back. Was, mm-hmm. I want to catch a 30 incher. I want to catch a 30 incher. It'd be like 25, 26, The guy that doesn't care about measurements. <laughs> right. Hypocritical. Right. Yeah. Little hypocritical there. The master angler aspect is what sure. what was really getting to me. But once I caught one, I was like, okay, cool, I caught one. Yeah. And I think for as many channel cats as there are in Iowa, maybe that's why it's a harder master angler to get because of the, the volume of them. Mm. But I, I do think channel cat is one of the tougher ones to hit. Bow hit one last year. Yeah, bow hit like Through the ice. 30. Through the ice? Yeah. Wow. Through the ice. A stud. Walleye's tough too. 26. 
It's a tough fish to hit. I've hit two mm. over. Yeah. Through the ice. Both through the ice? Yeah. yeah. And I've caught two over in nice. open water. Nice. See, 26 is my limit. I'll, I'll, I'll readily measure a fish if I know it's going to be the biggest one that I caught. Mm. That's why that 30 inch was like for the longest thing or for the longest time. It's like, okay, that's the benchmark. It'll be my biggest one I ever caught. It took me forever to hit it. And then same thing with the walleyes. I think my biggest is 26. That's where I'm at, 26. I caught a 26. I've caught, caught one 26 in Iowa and multiple uh, 26s in Minnesota, Canada, et cetera, stuff like that. But can't can't break that 26. I'm just lucky. I mean, That's all it is. You know, right time and place. Yeah. You know, you can increase your chances, obviously, with time of day that you're fishing and then time of the year and stuff like that, pre-spawn, all that good stuff. But... Um, and if you're out there for 14, 15 hours a yeah. day fishing, yeah. I mean, you're liable, <laughs> to, you're liable to run across <laughs> something, you know. That helps. But. Butters is a fishing machine, man. <laughs> this guy fishes, I swear, six days a week. Yeah. Like me, I'll go Saturday, Sunday. And then <clears throat> three days into the week, he's like, yeah, I've gone on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, too. He gave you the bite report. <laughs> right. I, I went yesterday. Yeah. Went, How, to, went to Smaller Lake. It was all right, huh? You saw you caught a bass, right? Uh, a few bass, uh, crappie, some bluegill. So with getting out that much, do you stay in the same areas quite a bit, or do you bounce around all over the place? I've been to over twelve lakes in Iowa this year. Mm-hmm. So, so you're moving around a good amount. Yeah, I don't I don't stick to the same place, mm-hmm. um, but obviously, with working in certain areas, I hit certain bodies of water more more than what I normally would even though I don't like going to the certain body of water. But right. if you're there, it saves on gas. And I like challenges, so, you know. Yeah, you travel for work, so you're kind of you're kind of spread out uh, all over central Iowa pretty much. Right, yep. So, so on those 12 lakes, are you counting the five <laughs> that we had a, had a stop by before we settled on a place to camp at? Uh no, I'm not. Those aren't, in, so I've probably been to more than that. <laughs> so like 17, yeah, maybe? So somewhere in there. Well, it's, I guess a couple of those we've been to before, but. Right. I've been to more lakes this year uh, that I've never been to. And I, I think that's, it's fun to explore new water and it's challenging. And, you know, sometimes you, you'll sit there for three, four hours, not catch a fish. And then all of a sudden you get like a 20, 30 minute span and it's it, it'll change the day it can make the trip you know and yeah we'll we'll get back to that but um that so, ice, ice camping yeah, yeah um, that's another thing. so butters and i went camping over the weekend have you ever ice camped Derek? nope i have zero interest well okay the closest i've done is i've been well, in this a, isn't gonna ice, help if <laughs> I, i've been in an ice castle and i've been in a sleeper shack i mean that is like luxury ice camping. Yeah, right? it's like it's like camping in an RV, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I've done that, and I have no desire to take it one step lower and throw a hub and all the <laughs> crap that goes with it. And nope. I mean, I've done enough. I've done enough night bites, and nothing against the guys that swear by night bites and this and that. But I've I've fished enough overnights. So I don't feel like it is worth the effort to to do that. But he fished. My opinion. <laughs> he caught a twenty nine at uh, eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, twelve o'clock at night. Twenty nine. Was it twenty nine? Yeah, I fished with him Monday. Cat? Oh. No. Walleye. Walleye. Nice. He's out there by himself. 
I'm like, you, you lucky. And, th- and that's and that's the gamble, right? Like, but you're out there, nobody else is, no man, pressure. And I, I've gone at least eight times this year, and mm-hmm. I think one night, two nights, I've caught fish yep. at night. And it's it's not worth the time. You, I, I'd rather just eat dinner and do something else. You want to hear my unpopular opinion on ice camping? Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it it my, might be more popular than you think. Well, my thoughts on ice camping um, is that it is a fad driven by YouTubers. Mm. And I don't mean any offense to, to YouTubers or anything like that, but I would say... Um, you need me to pause? You keep going. Okay. I would say two, three years ago or what have you, that's when I felt like the first ice camping video started to maybe pop up a little bit with YouTube. And it seemed like once one person did it, then another person did it, then another person did it. And then everybody was trying to kind of like not up each other, but what, what more can they do to make their experience ice camping more cool? And, and it just became something everybody did. Um, and that's not to say that ice camping isn't fun or not fruitful or anything like that. Cause I know like Trevor was up, uh, Leech Lake and they caught a bunch of burbot overnight, you know, so I know, mm. I know it can be good. Um, but I just feel like I didn't ever hear anything about ice camping prior to that. Mm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I can't disagree that YouTube has definitely made it super popular. Uh, I guess I'm someone that makes YouTube videos and I've done three ice camping videos, but I'm not like a super big time YouTuber. Aaron. Where did your imp- inspiration come from to ice camp? Actually, I mean, I, I enjoy camping, and I've thrown around the idea. I, I didn't, like, watch a video like, oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to do that. For 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 a while, ever since I started ice fishing, I, I kind of just thought, you know, it would be kind of cool to just mm-hmm. camp out on the ice. And um, <laughs> I'm not going to do it any favors, but this last, this last outing, uh, man, I'm, I think I'm going to hang it up. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, I feel like there's a story that hasn't come out. Yeah, I mean, the, the story hasn't come out yet, but you know, after doing it for a couple years, because <laughs> my basis is real simple of as far as just the time commitment to bringing all the stuff out. Yeah, yeah. And once you commitment. commit, this is this is me speaking. Once you commit to a spot, you're there. I know that I would not have the motivation to pick up all that stuff up and move. Yeah. Which is one of the big reasons why I don't bust out the hub that often in general. I mean, I usually bust out my hub for the kids when we want to set up a little base camp or whatever. Yeah. But for me, I don't want to set up a hub, take it back down. And I I just know the way I fish. I I get anxious like if stuff's not happening. So I'm like, I, I got to go check some stuff out. And so it's like my hub set up and then I'm half a mile away over here. It's like, <laughs> you know, so that would be that would be my struggle is just the setup. Yeah, it is a lot of setup, and man, after the years that I've done, I mean, I've only done it four times, and after the first or second time, I already knew, like, it's not really about catching a bunch of fish, and then at the time, I believe, you know, everyone should at least try it once, see if they like it or not, but man, this last time, um, I mean, I've, I've known, or I've always said it too, that night fishing, at least here in Iowa, is kind of overrated because in my experience th- through these last few camping trips nothing happens at night like you're just kind of just sitting there mm-hmm. for hours on end mm-hmm. you know a few fish move by maybe you'll cook dinner mm-hmm. drink a beer your buddy that's out there camping with you might stop by mm-hmm. and uh other than that it's pretty uneventful at night at least at the lakes that i've tried mm-hmm. 
and uh at the times that i've done this ice camping thing and another thing is that here in, in our area we're not driving out on the lakes we're not throwing right. a whole bunch of stuff no. in the back of our trucks <laughs> and just driving out to the lake right pop popping up our shelter and right because that makes yeah. a big difference too right like if you're if your truck is right next to your campsite is i mean it makes it a lot more tempting to change campsites if you needed to yeah yep. did that in minnesota yeah we were able to drive out on the ice camped out my hub didn't have to haul the stuff like more than three feet pop mm-hmm. popped holes set up it was easy mm-hmm. you know you haul out two sleds worth of stuff and set up and it, it's it's a nightmare man especially if there's snow <laughs> i mean I, butters can speak to this too but i just night fishing in general i, I feel like for for me it's always been trophy chasing right like if i go yeah. out and fish yep you know, till midnight or 2 a.m., 3 a.m., whatever, or I go out at 9, 10 p.m. when there's no people, you know, it's not, <clears throat> it's really never been a numbers game in my experience is trying to get that one. Just that one bite. Big fish. That one bite. You know, um, but to your point, I mean, there's tons of nights you go out and there's nothing. Yeah, nothing happens. Yeah. The sun goes down, yeah. fish stop biting, and I was trying to, I guess, trying to reason with myself, okay, since we're going to be camping, okay, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, fish aren't biting, whatever. Okay, maybe 10 o'clock, right? This that, last nine, time, that 9 to 10 window. Yeah, like 10 o'clock or maybe midnight. <laughs> this last time, nothing. 10 o'clock. Same as the 6 or 7 o'clock. Yeah. Caught one, I caught one crappie night fishing, and it was three feet under the ice. Yeah, it, the funny thing is... Um, during the night, a lot of the fish that I caught, they were probably three, four feet underneath the ice. Did you guys throw any lights underneath the, the ice? No. Nope. No. No. Nope. No. I think probably just the light... could have caught more fish if we did. I mean, you I haven't have... tried that yet, have you? I have. Have you? Yeah, and it, it doesn't didn't work. Do anything? It, it didn't work. The no. thing with the lights is everything has to come together because mm-hmm. you got to get the whole f- you got to get the whole food chain going. Because right. if that doesn't happen, then you're either gonna scare off all the fish. Or, or like I said, you could get the food chain going. Once you get the, All the plankton, bugs. yep, the bugs, the plankton, and then the bait fish come in, and then after that, all the, the fish. game fish come in. I've had that once out of all the times that I've taken the uh, my uh, underwater light down. I got an underwater green light. <clears throat> I mean, I haven't taken out a ton, but there was only one time where everything came together. It's like... There was a bunch of bugs. Then we saw bluegills. Some of the bluegills were just swimming straight up to the light like this. <laughs> like they would just swim straight up to it and just stare right at it. I'm like, what is this fish doing? But then you start seeing minnows. Like they do with your lure <laughs> yeah. when they don't want to bite. They're like. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you'll, you'll start seeing minnows. Bump it. Bump <laughs> right. Yeah, you'll see minnows start swimming around. And then on the outside, you'll see bigger shadows you can't really tell what they are they're swimming in the opposite direction and for that one night it it worked out so good but there's also a downer for this story um park rangers came out told us that the park closes when the sun goes down they were amazed by it they never seen anything like it either they were talking to us for like half an hour and then like all right 
well, sorry to do this, but we gotta we gotta kick you out of oh, here. Oh man! I was like, oh man! Like I thought we were cool. The bite is fire. <laughs> how are you how are you gonna do me like that? That's yeah, messed up. They're, they're just doing their jobs. Oh, yeah. But oh yeah, every other time I've taken <clears throat> out the light, it just sits there, it's glowing beacon. Nothing really happens. Might get some bugs that come in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, Maybe I haven't given it a fair shake, but uh, every every overnight I've done ice fishing. Um, we caught one walleye at three a.m. at Lake of the Woods in one of our overnights, and that was with like five dead sticks, dead sticks set up over each night with minnows and live bait and stuff from sundown all the way till the next morning. Three nights, one fish. So it's just like mm. you know, yeah. a lot of times I'll bring minnows when I camp. I'll put that minnow down, like, once it gets dark, whole night goes through, I wake up, reel it up, minnow's still there kicking. <laughs> and it's not just one time. Granted, I had a jawjacker down last time we went, and it went off. But disaster struck after that happened. That's when I realized my, something with my heating system was not working. Because I looked over <clears throat> my heater, it wasn't running, like, okay. Maybe I blew it out because I woke up in a hurry. Maybe I, with my sleeping bag, maybe I blew out the pilot light and it just cut everything off. And I'm sitting there for an hour, click, 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 twisting <laughs> knobs, like my propane, unhook, unhooking the hose. What time is this? back on. Like 1230. 1230. And I got woken up to a bell on my uh, whisker stick going off and I set the hook. And I'm like, oh, wait, oh, I got a fish, right? Real, real, spit it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I go out, and I, <clears throat> I had to pee. So I went outside, and I hear Kit click, 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 <laughs> click, because he was like 15 yards away from me. And I was like, hey, what's up, man? Your heater go out? He's like, yeah. So we sw- I was like, let's swap heaters, because I have a 20-pound propane tank. He's got a five. I'm thinking maybe it's his heater, maybe the line just needs, maybe I can get more pressure to push through, it'll clean. And we were able to get it, both of them to run again. Yeah, his 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 heater and the hose worked on uh, my propane tank, and then my heater and my hose worked on his 20 pound, at least for a little for while. For a little while. Mine cut out at 330. And I've got a sleeping bag rated for 10 degrees. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to put my other hoodie on, cowboy up. i got a couple more hours, go back to sleep, wake up, start start walleye and catfishing. And Those components alone <clears throat> are one of the reasons why I still like open water fishing more than ice fishing. <laughs> Not once when I'm talking about go, getting ready to go ice fishing, regardless for how long, or open water fishing, regardless for how long, do I ever have to mention a 20-pound propane tank <laughs> and bringing out a 20-pound propane tank? Like, that that thought alone is frustrating to me. Like, just, yeah. just thinking about lifting that thing. Oh, I'll throw that in sled, drag that bag boy along. No, thank you. Yeah, but so, it's, it saves all money, though. Yeah, so no, I That's true. Stay I, warm, comfortable, right? Yeah, I got a five-pounder. So after I we swap heaters, so it... To, to my knowledge, it was working. You know, it, his heater kicked on with, with my tank and stuff. So, okay, I fished for a little bit and actually uh, didn't catch anything. No surprise. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll, maybe I'll try to go to sleep. Heater's still going. And my stomach is, like, rumbling. <laughs> oh, man, dude. I, I'm, I'm going to have to go. So I got a toilet lid for a five-gallon bucket. 
It it got used, luckily while the heater was on. Because after that, I went, you I, throw a bag in there. Uh, biodegradable <laughs> poop bags, okay. eight gallons. I I got some if you want some. Good to know. Anyways, so I lay down, you know, go to sleep. Well, I fell asleep, and then I just hear the heater like sputtering, like. <laughs> And I get up, I'm like, oh no. Like, am I out of propane? Lift up the propane tank. And it's still pretty heavy. It's like 10 pounds. Uh, propane weighs about uh, a pound per gallon. So, or, or is it? Is it gallon? Pound. Five gallon? No, wait. No, no, no. Is this when you switched over to using the 20 pound? Five, I still had the five pound on. And it weighed 10 pounds? So, it, it, yeah, a full per five pound, pound tank. Per, per pound. Yeah, a full five-pound tank will probably weigh about 10 pounds. It's like one-to-one. So if you got a five-pound tank with... Two-to-one? Two-to-one, yes. (laughs) Two-to-one. Math's hard. But anyways, it it, it was like, it barely... So it's basically full. Yeah, it's basically full. Okay. Okay, what's going on? So I started doing the the click, click, click. Same thing. Pilot light uh, would kick on, but it would blow out. Kick on, and then as soon as I turn on the heat, kick out. Basically, what I was doing earlier... And now it was happening the same thing with Butter's heater. I was like, man. Like, I, so I just bundled up, put on all my extra clothes, like the neck thing, my beanie, <laughs> oh, uh, all my extra clothes. And I tightened down my sleeping bag. And I was waking up every half hour, hour, because I was getting cold. And then finally at 4.45, I was like, okay, I might as well get up and fish. Get the, get the pre-sunlight morning bite guess what it sucked (laughs) so i told myself you know what i'm gonna slowly pack up so i slowly packed up my things got my stuff out to the truck and it wasn't until after the sun came up 7 30 when i really started catching fish again and at that moment i was like i could have just woken up at four o'clock saved all saved myself all this headache and got here at the same time and started catching fish at 7, 7.30. And we had a really good window from, I don't know, 8 to 8.30, 8.30, 9 o'clock, something like that. Yeah, it was a really good half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> How far of a drive were you talking? Oh, I haven't even talked about the drive. Oh, oh I, I, <laughs> I mean, that's, you. The, that's the perk is you saved yourself the drive. So, so, of- so we, we drove an hour and a half to the first lake. Then we drove 40... Yeah, about thirty-five. Almost an hour to yeah, the second lake. To the second lake. Is this still within the state? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We did five five and a half hours of driving. In one direction or in in, in a circle? No. So we in ended up after leaving the last lake the next day. We ended up doing a complete circle around one quadrant of the state. So, okay. yeah, it was a uh, it was an eventful day. I got my car stuck at, at at one of the launches. Kit had to get behind me and nudge my car up the launch. Yeah, with my truck, I had to nudge his car. It was this trip was a disaster. It, 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 like everything went bad until eight o'clock that morning yeah, on so Sunday. The next morning, eight o'clock. That's yeah. when things finally clicked, and it just turned over and flipped for the rest of the day. This is last weekend. This yeah. just this yeah, just this weekend. past weekend. Yeah, and those fish that we caught were awesome, but. I don't think it it justified the trip. Like I said, we could have just woken up at five o'clock in the morning, driven out there, and got there at the same could, time. When the I mean, we honestly riding. didn't fish much Saturday because we spent half the day driving. 
Yeah. You know? Because, yeah, the first lake we went to, we were driving, and I'm noticing all these farm ponds. They're wide, wide open. open. And then when we got to the lake, I'm like, okay, it's it's locked up. There's maybe a couple pockets of open water. Get down there. Uh, we had to step over to get on the ice. Uh, I had my spud bar because, mm. of course, I ain't just going to blindly go out there knowing that ice conditions have and been... And our picks. We had our yeah. picks, too. Yeah, ice conditions <clears throat> have been kind of stupid in Iowa because we had a bunch of warm weather, rain last week. I told my buddy that this is, <clears throat> in terms of variability, this is the most variable I can remember. Up and ice down. Cons- Yeah, like this lake over here will be totally fine. And then this lake... North of it, which should have more ice, has less ice. Right. Yeah. You know, and like these edges are bad. These edges are great. And it doesn't make common sense. You know, that's, I don't remember too many years previously where there wasn't like just that obvious, okay, anything south of us was less ice, you know, and mm-hmm. anything north of you was more nice, more ice. Whereas this year it has not necessarily felt like that's the, necessarily the case. No, you've had to be precautious. I'd say three quarters of the year. <clears throat> Unless you went to a certain body of water that, mm-hmm. you know, the bigger bodies, they maintain better than the smaller lakes do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they just take a little while while longer to get going. Uh, but anyways, I was checking the ice at this lake, so it was like three three posts, then they got water. Oh, okay, three inches, that's uh, not not the most confidence boost. Not ideal for camping. No, no, no. <laughs> like fishing-wise, maybe. But I just kept poking out further and further. Okay, three posts, water. Three posts water, and then there was like two posts water. Like, mm. Uh oh, like okay, butters, where where you go? Yeah. Like he went up to grab his auger because the my, nut on yours fell off. Yeah, my bolt that holds my truck, my uh, <laughs> auger to my uh, the adapter on mm-hmm. the light flight or whatever popped mm-hmm. out in the luckily in the bed of my truck. Mm. Oh, just, so you still have it? Yeah, yeah. So I picked it all up. Like butters, two posts. We gotta get out of here. So we drove. Hit one lake, decided we didn't want to fish there. We could have, though. We could have, but we, neither of us had fished that lake, and there was nobody out there. We had no confidence. No confidence. <laughs> Which, in hindsight, we what? probably could have did. What? Okay. What? Why? But there was nobody there. So, you, I mean, I think I think we that, would have done was good. That, was that it? Like, just because well, you no, didn't see anybody And else? neither of us fished it before, and I haven't heard anything about people catching stuff there. So it wasn't very, you know, we weren't very confident in staying at that lake. Was it a place you looked at the numbers before you went or no? Uh, right when we pulled in. Well, it was like, well it's on the way. Let's <laughs> yeah. go check it out. Okay. And then next lake, open water. North side of the lake, south side of the lake. The area we wanted to get on at closed off. Uh, mm-hmm. They were doing some renovations. Uh, even though I did see some tire tracks going down to where I wanted to launch at, but I, I didn't want to leave my car there overnight. Especially in an area where it's closed off. Say, oh, closed for renovations or whatever. Okay, let's go up to this next lake. Got there. We actually decided to unload some stuff, fish. All we caught was bluegill. I was like, man. Man, I hauled all my gear out. You brought I was like, we're going to camp. We're here. <laughs> yeah. Dumb. Yeah, so we, we basically, from one launch, went straight across the lake because on the map, that's what looked good. Pulled all my gear across yeah, there, the lake. Yeah, there was nobody. There was nobody over there. But when we got over there, there was trees. The trees were basically ghost towns. Caught a few bluegills. Then I hopped over the, over the channel into the basin. Caught some bluegills. I'm like, man, do we want to camp here and struggle just to catch a few bluegills? 
And then our buddy showed up. He was like, hey, we're, I was catching perch and uh, our other guy caught like 28 inch walleye. And I'm like, man, like, what are we doing over here? Let's... Make your ears perk up. Yeah. 20 inch walleye, okay. Okay, we're yeah. going to make a move. Let's go up there. We get there and there's like a big hill going down. And the launch wasn't plowed. So keep keep in mind that Butter's car already got stuck at the other lake. I left it at the top of the hill. Yeah, and when we went down there, okay, Butter's car can get down, but he won't be able to get back up. <laughs> and then finally we decide, okay, let's go to this other lake. And we head that head that way. We get there, bunch of open water on the south side. We look, I can see across the lake, bunch of water open on the other side. But there was a group of three people out there. Okay, we're gonna go here. We had, we had success at this lake previously a couple weeks ago, and there's potential for good walleye, good catfish there. Roll up, and uh, you know the guy waves at us. Then I was like, wait a minute, kind of looks familiar. I I know that guy, <laughs> Ryan Tazler of Tazler Guide Service was out there, and he he had a couple clients out. Talked to them. They'd never um, been ice fishing before. Yeah, they never ice fished before, and. We told him that we were going to camp. He's like, man. Going like, hard at chasing cats right away. First trip, huh? That's yeah. our first ice trip, chasing some cats. Yeah, and he 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 was like, if he knew that we were going to be out there, he would have brought his camping stuff, and he, he was willing to camp, mm-hmm. which uh, luckily for him, he did not camp. <laughs> I don't know. I think we would have drank enough beer to keep us warm if he would have stayed. Oh, dude, that guy can drink. Yeah, he he had a he had a he had enough beer. He was sharing, appreciated it because it, after the day that we were having, I was like, man, this this is this is needed. Yeah, actually, on the gas station before that last lake, he stopped and grabbed beer. I stopped and grabbed beer. <laughs> I need a beer after a day like this. You were thinking ahead. Yeah. So I'm. I know that was kind of drawn out, but at the end of this trip, I've come to my senses and realized that well, our it 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 validated something I always knew. Night fishing around here sucks, and camping out there, you're not really, you're not really putting yourself in an advantageous position by being out there before anybody else. Because, like I said, I could woke up at four in the morning and been there before anybody else, yeah, and, so and still be there. Go through some pros and cons for somebody that's thinking about ice camping and hasn't done it. What what would be some things that you would say? Are pros, what are some cons, and what are some things that are like, make sure you have this if you're going to go do it? Okay, I guess the pros would be, uh, if you're doing it with friends, it is it could be a blast. If, let's say, three of us went, and our main objective is not to catch fish all night, <laughs> we just go out there, bring a few beers, have I don't fun. know, maybe bring a, a iPad and watch football. Mm-hmm. On Saturday night, because it was play, the playoffs are going mm-hmm. right, right now. Right. Now you go out there and have a good time. You can argue you could do that anywhere, mm-hmm. but not people can say like, "Oh yeah, we camped out on that and watched football and drank all night." Mm-hmm. As far as cons go, uh, especially if you're going to be walking all your stuff out, I probably did what three trips back and forth to the truck. I did two, and two, and before <clears throat> even going into this. Uh, camping trip I talked about on our last podcast I just hope everything works and nothing breaks well guess what not everything worked you spoke too soon yeah things things can go wrong and the fishing you know if if it if you're going for a strictly fishing 
experience thinking that you're gonna pile them up because nobody's out there and night fishing is the best at least in my experience around here it ain't worth it make sure you have a headlamp then right so yep. when things do go wrong in the yeah. middle of the night and it's dark make sure you have a headlamp so you can see what the hell you're doing or good lighting in your yeah, tent right. yeah, okay. like lighting. i i took a 15 dollar four battery light that i bought from walmart zip tied it to the top of my hub mm. it ran all night like an led basically. yeah and it had three different uh <clears throat> Uh, three different settings on it and it had a low light setting like an orange glow mm. i left it on that all night mm. and, and i turned it <clears throat> i turned it as soon as i woke up i turned it back on to high and it, it still worked after it said it said it works for 15 hours so mm. 15 bucks i mean you can't beat it Man, i, I used that with my headlamp and i was golden all night i, I went all out with my lights i got a, uh, I i bought some hog outdoor uh led strip lights mm. I, it it comes in like a two a two pack or you get two strips and I bought a third third strip because uh, not because it's necessary but because I film and stuff and good lighting is very important and those worked out pretty good they're way better than my last set of lights and they were cheaper for more amount of lights because last year I guess something went wrong it was the lights mm. well one of the strips broke and those lights were expensive I was not happy tried to reach out to that company. Never heard anything. I posted about it on Facebook, and other people had the same problem. But I don't know. I'm 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 kind of bitter about the ice camping now. Yeah, I, I think the other big thing too is if you're gonna do it, and you're somebody that's kind of new to ice fishing, and you're gonna take that leap already to ice camping, make sure you take the right safety precautions in terms of like venting your shack and stuff like yep. that, because that's something I don't think a lot of people talk about is, you know, just that amount of propane that you're pumping into your tent or hub or whatever overnight. And then the venting, right. And, and, you know, we hear those horror stories of when people, you know, go to sleep and they just don't wake up. So make sure that you've got the right setup so that you're safe. Right. And you can, you can get a carbon monoxide mm -hmm. detector too. Right. That's one way to eliminate that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I had one, um, you know, well, it's not super important if your heater doesn't work at all. <laughs> just turn your heater off. Yeah, just turn your heater off. Make sure you turn your propane tank off too. Yeah, turn your propane after tank your off. your heater goes out. But so I'm I'm pretty sure I have not convinced you otherwise about nope. ice camping. No, I told you you wouldn't. Nope. Yeah, I, it was it was. Yeah, I, I'm probably with Kit on on it. I'm I'm probably hanging it up for the year unless I'm driving out to somewhere. I think it's it's too much work. I'd rather yeah. I'd rather get up at 4 a.m. drive to the spot, set up for the day, fish all day. See, like if if somebody said, "Hey, let's go to Spirit and fish," you know, it's a three-hour drive or whatever, and they were really passionate about camping and get and taking care of all this stuff, like. I could probably be convinced to do that, knowing that I'm going to go out there, drive out there, we're going to fish, I'll fish the next morning or whatever, and we'll hang out before we come back home, just because that's a, a long drive that I don't yeah. want to just make one day and then come home. Yeah. But anything outside of that, like if you said, hey, let's go down to 12 miles, and I'm like, nah, no, I'm good, man. Yeah. And <laughs> another thing that sucked was, so we got a bunch of snow here recently, too. Yeah. So with the, with the snow, the weight, you know, it pushes down on the ice. So it's pushing the water up. Mm -hmm. The inside of my tent was all <laughs> like water and slush everywhere. Yeah. I brought sand or I brought flip flops. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, I should have brought my shoes. Because last time I camped out on the ice, I brought my shoes. And it didn't get super wet. 
and mm. then I just thought this time, okay, I'll just bring flip flops. Yeah, that was a that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I can't say I would never do it again, but it's got to be something like Butter says, somewhere, maybe where there's a good couple, a few inches of snow where it can kind of insulate between you and the ice so there isn't a bunch of water mm. and if we could drive out just throw all our stuff in a truck i don't have to make three trips you know each time i'm gonna set up i gotta go back to the truck three times and then when i pack out i gotta go back and forth to the truck three times and with the truck on the ice you can just hop hop back in the vehicle and drive to the gas station yep. instead of hopping on a five gallon bucket and <laughs> or you can just you know you can go up and you can camp in places in a, in a cabin or you can do what i call bougie camping yeah. <laughs> which which i want to do sometime but it's uh, funny i made fun of my buddy matt i'm like i don't think he'll ever ice camp again he's more of a ice castle guy and that don't sound too bad anymore <laughs> yeah yeah my, my experience with night bites around here is farm ponds man I, I i've actually had really good success i've caught multiple 15 inch crappie um i caught a spotted channel cat that was like 28 inches yeah, that was a cool story my buddy he was fishing this hole and he's like i, I got this mark it won't bite and i'm like well let me drop my jig down in there with yours and see if he hits it and sure enough i dropped my spoon down i lit it up i, I glued it glowed it up and i lit, i dropped it man and it came rushing right up to it bam hit it he was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Reeling up, real yeah. He, he reeled it up. Yeah. He got it up. It didn't get tangled. It yeah. was it was it was a really cool moment. I got a picture of the fish, and it, my buddy's his sh- dad's shop was right up the the way, like twenty yards. So I ran up real quick, and I was like, "Hey, look at this!" And they took pictures, and then I ran back down, made sure it was good, and it bit my, bit me before I put it back in the <laughs> hole. Of course. And that's the thing about catfish, like they you can be out, they can be out of water for a minute. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not like a wiper when it when it gets all tense and mm-hmm. you're like, "Okay, I got to get this fish back in." Yeah. yeah. They tend but, to build up that lactic acid just yeah, the yeah. way they fight. That's funny cuz I remember you posted pictures of that fish and people were calling yeah, bullshit. Yeah, they were calling yeah, they were like, well, "Could you release how would you, you release that if you're in a garage?" And I'm like, "Cuz the pond's literally 20 yards from his his garage. Like, it's literally 20 yards." I ran down there as fast as I could, you know. I ran up the hill, ran back down, you know. The fish wasn't out of the water more than 2 minutes. But yeah, it's Night night fishing on that's the that's probably where I've had my best success is on ponds. On ponds. Yeah. See, I wonder if we fished like a super clear body of water. That probably makes a difference. Cause the lake we camped out at, it was it was pretty murky. Maybe a foot at best visibility. And I, I'm I'm being kind of optimistic there. I I don't know. What do you think about that? As far as the night bite Clarity? Goes. Yeah, clarity, water clarity. Well, the farm pond makes sense to me just in terms of pressure and distance for fish to travel, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're not, they're only, they can only go so far, you know, and they're still probably feeding and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, in terms of clarity, obviously those fish could probably see further distances, but you're still talking about how much light, you know, do you have? I mean, I and I, I would guess that, having a full moon might make a difference than having no moon, um, in terms of light source. Um, I can't say that I've done a ton of night fishing to really have like a scientific answer to that, but that would be, that'd be my, my guess. All I can say is whether it's been, I'll take one. Yeah. 
whether it's been here in Iowa or up north, it hasn't made a difference for me. Like in Minnesota or the Dakotas, night bite has been pretty much non-existent too. Like we stayed in uh, that sleeper shack and you had that real hot sunset bite. And then as soon as that sun went down over the horizon. They shut off gone yeah like you're not even marking you're, you're throwing They're ripping wraps down there you're doing Nothing's everything you can coming. buck shots off the bottom of the silt and just like hammering it don't even see anything so it's not like clayton chick no up in canada <laughs> no no which i have used some of his techniques yeah. and and i use them uh the, the walleye that i caught on sunday um that's what i was doing i yeah. saw i saw a mark down below below what i thought was the bottom on my vexlar mm-hmm I just started ripping, ripping this them. plastic with the yep. with the little um, jig, t- mm-hmm. and uh, he cr- he came up, and I, I just saw him on my on my jig. Mm-hmm. I raised, and he was on. I, yeah. Those are uh, in my mind. Those are the best, <clears throat> the most exciting bites is when they t-bone them like yeah. that. Um, and that's why I like fishing jigging wraps and ripping wraps so much because when I'm throwing a ripping wrap down, I'm not jigging it like I do a jig. Like I am giving it those real like just like you're snap jigging open water yeah you're, you're, just, you're ripping it you're just giving it and when you're letting it fall you're almost tight landing it in case you do get hit on the downfall yeah and so often you'll be sitting there just doing it and you won't see a fish and they'll come in from the side yep and you'll never even see them on the flasher they'll come in from the side and you'll go to rip it and you're wait it'll look like a vapor trail yep yep and they just boom and there they are so my so my 28 inch walleye that i caught on the rip and wrap did that he mm-hmm. vapor trailed me yep and just came in and yeah, didn't he even came think out of about nowhere it. yeah just came out of nowhere yep yeah all right what a minute i i i had to go get get a refill for everybody but uh can you recap about what you talked about you got your lighter oh. your lighter trick oh yeah uh, butters do you know about the the lighter uh i learned it in mexico and then i forgot it yeah i i uh that's funny Derek upstairs he brought a couple beers with him and he was like got a can opener i i, I looked for like half a second i was like no but i got some lighters and i'm like okay Are you, what what is that gonna do yeah so it's a it's a it's an old asian uncle thing okay i didn't do it that good there but there we go thank you but you saw that in Mexico? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I learned how to do it, and then I forgot, because I learned it when I was drunk. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I remember drinking Heineken when I had a Heineken face. I think Heineken tastes terrible now, but uh, we would mess around, try to pop it open with another cap. Some people do it with their teeth, and I, I cringe every time. like, oh, no. Yeah. Yikes. But yeah, that's the old Asian uncle uh, lighter trick. Anyway, which which one do you want? Do you want the amber, or do you want the pseudo? Well, I guess you already drank a pseudo, so you have the amber. I'll change it up. Is that an IPA as well, or no? Uh, no, it should be a, like amber a red. Ale. Yeah, okay. a red. Yeah. Dead horse. Premium amber ale. Rejoice. I think that's from Colorado. Utah. Oh, Utah. Moab, <laughs> Moab. Utah. Ooh, good town. Moab. I love Moab. Pretty right. cool. Candy. Well, I got the uh, pseudo, so you... Oh, so what would you what did you just ask Kit? What we were talking about? Uh, we were talking about ripping ripping baits or oh, yeah, uh, snap yeah, jigging right. or just aggressive techniques. How you pound for mm-hmm. certain species like walleye? Mm-hmm. I just mentioned that like when I'm fishing a jigging wrap or a ripping wrap, you know, I'm fishing it differently than I am a jig. You know, I'm not sitting down there just kind of giving it a little subtle twitches like with a like with a plastic. Like I'm rip it, rip it, let it pause, rip it rip it and then a lot of times when you do get that fish that hits 
they you don't even see them a lot of times. You either do see them and they come up and shoot up right away and hit it, or they come in from the side. And then as soon as that pause happens before you go to rip it again, once you go they, to rip it, that's where they're, they're on. Yeah. They're on. Really? Yeah. Yep. Which yep. there that is a lot of fun. Like if you've not caught one that way, it, it's basically just like open water jigging. You know, you're popping off the bottom all of a sudden. Fish is just pinned wait. Your, yeah, and yeah. Just wait there. A lot of fun. And usually for me, when I'm like I I like to rip the jig too, mm-hmm. but. When I see a fish come in, that that's when I just I kind of just slow down. But you just keep going. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. If you if you stop, they'll go away. Yep. They look at it and then they go. Mm-hmm. If they get a really good look at it, the, the smart ones, the, mm-hmm. they will just swim off. Because it's a react. I mean, it's a reaction. Bo- both walleyes I caught Sunday, I was ripping it, ripping it, ripping it, and then the last second I paused for a second and they hit it. And I think that's why a lot of people shy away from fishing jigging wraps or ripping wraps, just because that confidence of how to fish it and they feel like you know when i'm doing this they'll come up but then i stop or i I go real light and then they don't do anything so then they get frustrated and they go back to you know jigs or buckshots or whatever little spoons see i i man i should do that next time just rip it like i'm going to town i'm I'm, I'm going hard in the paint saturday i'm I'm going aggressive this weekend man but it's just like just like a jigging wrap you know when you're giving those those thumps they're just darting you know, so sometimes out of your flash or window where you don't even see them, you yep. know, and they're swinging around. And as soon as you might give that one pause, sometimes that's when you get just nailed. See, I, I don't really fish with jigging wraps, open water or ice. So maybe, maybe that's why I don't really jig all crazy. I don't know. I do that when I'm looking for those pigs or just to draw fish in. A lot yeah. of times if we're in an area where we've been catching fish and then it's quiet, putting something like that kind of something gets that makes some noise. Att- yeah, it gets yeah. some of that attention that's, you know, 30, 40 feet away that... They're not looking at you. Know, all of a sudden, they're like, what is going on over there? They either hear the the vibrations or they see the silt kind of bounce around. Because I will, I'll go, I'll go to the bottom and hit it, and you get those little puffs of silt coming up just just to get stuff moving in. Or you can have your buddy just pop a hole and push the fish your way and catch <laughs> yeah, a catch yeah. a six seven pound tank. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pop a hole like ten yards over uh, there and push the fish. Sitting this there way. in the tent, and I'm like, hey man, you think I should just go pop a hole in between me and bacon? And he's like. Yeah, maybe. And then I hear a tent open up, and guy he gets out and pops two holes, and the, the fish just start coming this oh, way. Yeah. He hooks up, and we're like, "Thanks, bacon." Yeah, yeah. The funny thing is, you know, I always talk about uh, keeping noise down and not moving as much as possible because the fish start scattering. There are times when there's a bunch of noise, all the fish start moving. Yep. Like like he was saying, our buddy. He just got out, started punching holes, and that that actually pushed the fish towards us. And then on the way, uh, I hit a hit like a six pound wiper that was moving yeah. away from where he was. Yeah. I guess if you're making noise, you're pushing the fish away from you towards mm-hmm. other people. Right. I guess I guess that kind of, you can still say that uh, you know try to make as little noise as possible. But if other people are making noise, you're you're golden. There you go. <laughs> and. Uh, one of these areas that we fish, there's a train tracks nearby. I don't know where. I've never seen train tracks over there, but we'd hear a train come, and then you just see waves and waves of fish moving. Probably thousands of fish, and 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 they'll they'll hit the bait and too. I, I would guess with the train track situation, that might not just be the noise. I would guess they might feel those vibrations, vibrations. from yep. from the tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I've I've seen it in a couple of places that have have trains. Where the fish just show up all mm-hmm. of a sudden, 
and they're out, you know. Down in St. Louis, when we fish for blue cats, they call it the barge bite. Barge bite. Yeah. So the barges come by, and all of a sudden, blue cats start hitting. Yeah. So when the trains come by, they stir up the bottom and the bait fish. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When the trains come by, I'm like, barge bite, barge bite. Come on. I'm I'm trying so hard because I know (laughs) they are, they're, you know, for the most part, I think the fish are just trying to get out of there, but there is always a few. Mm hmm. That are ready to eat. It's it's funny too because you'll see once the train gets done, the, the fish will slowly start to come back through the area, and it's I don't know. I I like when the trains roll through. They when it's slow, it's it's a uh, it's something that that uh, speeds up the fishing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it's slow and nothing's really happening, and a train comes by, it just gets the fish moving, and then that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at first when, I, when when we first experienced it, I was like, "Oh man, stupid train man scaring all the fish." No. But now I'm starting to realize, okay, yeah, yeah, train plays. Get some yeah, good fish get going, going through. I get some good that's, fish going through. Honestly, that's what I try to replicate sometimes, just to a smaller scale, with some of those rattle baits like that. You know, especially if you're in a shack and your buddy's using, um, you know, a jig or something way less, way more subtle. You know, I could be sitting there trying to get him going, and all of a sudden he's getting bit. Yeah, because yep. they're coming in and they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to hit that because that's that's a little aggressive. But they say, oh, what's that? You know, a little more subtle presentation, yep. right. like a tungsten in a plastic right. or something, yep. Yeah. Yep. or a pinhead minnow. There you go. Yeah, the pinhead minnow. Yeah, this guy, Clam Pro staff, this guy over here. <laughs> pinhead minnow is yeah. a solid, solid bait. Uh, I, I believe in it. It's hard to go uh, wrong with the pinhead. I, I I did a guided trip with a, with uh, Adam Griffith from mm-hmm. Crappie Chronicles and. First time ever using a pinhead minnow, no bait up there, and I was catching fish two, three feet below the ice. Yeah. And it, and the nice thing too is they have multiple colors that work. Right, and you can bring it back here to to Iowa and use it in our bodies of water. I mean, you'll catch bluegill, you'll catch bass, calf. I've caught catfish mm-hmm. on them. It, do you like the jointed or do you don't care? No, nah, I like the straight body. Do you? Yeah, I'm. I, the the jointed I think you have a when you're trying to really aggressively jig you have a better chance of getting it messed up yep. and wrapped around. Yep. I think if you go with the straight body, um, especially the new ones. I like the new ones, mm-hmm. the newest ones that they have out. They're they're nice. What what's the difference between the old ones and the new ones? I I mean I have a pinhead but I don't really fish with it much. Details they've got they've they've added some details. some, some stripes some like like paint wise. Pa- I've got a pink and gold one that's that's pretty nice and it glows. So mm-hmm. that's they added some scales to yep. the design. They yep. added a, a gill, a couple stripes on one of them. Um, they both have flipper blades on on each one, but yeah, just some. I mean, it's not like drastically different. Um, same material and everything, but just some little nuances. I think I do think the glow paint they used might have been a little bit more powerful gotcha mm. so are you a guy that switches lures often unfortunately yeah are you yeah. yeah i have so i have a buddy of mine that will use the same i won't even say it on here because you get mad if i said what it is uh but he uses the same lure all ice season doesn't matter if it's for a four inch bluegill or a 28 that's this guy walleye and I, i'll be honest i'm kind of envious because it takes all the thinking out of it but i i can't and i don't know if it's because I'm trying to validate all the, the lures I have and make it feel like, oh, I, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. Yeah, you, you paid for all these right. lures. You got to use, well, right. use it at least once. Um, but I, 
I try to set up by having like five or six rods, which is a lot, but each one is set up differently. So rather than take the time to retire, put you know a clip on a new thing, I will just go grab a different rod. Um, so there's not as much having transition time. Mm-hmm. But when I get home, the next time I'm, I change them all out. Really? Every, Unless, every trip? Not every trip. If like if I use a gold pin head and it's it's and it's fire, killer, you I leave it. it. Okay. I leave it. Yep. Okay. But if I put one on and I mark fish and that fish comes up and doesn't hit. He done. That one's done for the next trip. Yeah. It gets retired till the next next thing. So I like to use at least one or two of my rods with a new lure every time I go. Okay. And if it, obviously if it's a fire lure from the trip, I'm gonna leave it. Yep. But I don't know. If sometimes it ain't broke, don't fix it. Man, right? exactly. You know, I was the one day we went. I was using the pinhead, no bait, and I'm like, Do I, should I change it up? Should I change it up? I'm like, no. I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing and. And I wanted to change because I was killing the crappie, man. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to catch a bigger fish. Mm-hmm. And I ended up catching one. So it was like, to me, it was kind of mind-blowing. And at the same time, the way it happened, and I don't know. It's a, it's a good lure, man. It's really a good lure. It is. It's solid. Curious on Clam, your Clam pro staff. <laughs> there you go. Smurf. Part of the Smurf crew. <laughs> um, curious on your guys' thoughts about downsizing and if that if you feel like that is blown out of proportion or not um i feel like sometimes it it is blown out of proportion i think sometimes when people talk about a tough bite the the common thing to do is to downsize or to slow down your presentation sometimes you should upsize and i've i've had more experience where you more aggressive bigger baits um perfect examples we were out fishing this last weekend for crappies and i put i had the standard crappie stuff on and I was actually using a pink pinhead pro and they weren't hitting it as much as I'd like. I was like, man, this just doesn't make sense. And I'm like, all right, I'm putting the, the buckshot wonder bread with the big old trouble that I was using up at Lake of the Woods for walleye, throwing it down, see what happens. And they were to- just totally smoking it. And the treble was way too big. I was thinking for a crappie, but it was working. And I feel like that has been a pattern for me. What are your guys' thoughts on, on that? On downsizing? Yeah, like do you – is that something you believe in, like in your experience of you – downsize and that's what's been more productive or not so much uh so uh let me i'm gonna back up I mean, a if you don't bit. change lures i don't know why i'm asking why, <laughs> yeah. i'm asking kid I'll, i'm gonna back lures. up a little bit so at the beginning of this season i tied on a b wood hooks wonder bread yep on my uh purple nurple rod so it's my still, purple carbon rod still there still tied on there what color Wonder, Wonder bread, bread. Yep. and I've been tearing it up. And so I've asked, obviously, I've asked him at least three times after he's caught really nice fish. What, what lure are you using? And then after the third time, I'm like, why did I even ask? <laughs> like same thing I had on last week. Come on, man. I should know. Yeah, and then on my other rod, I had a tungsten with a jig tied on from last year, and the only reason I swapped it out is because I broke off on a tree. So I just tied one on. It's been the same tungsten all winter. But Gold? I don't know, some bug color thing. But uh, as far as me switching out baits and stuff, I don't do it very often. I figure if the fish don't want to bite what I got, they don't want to bite anything. (laughs) And, I mean, as far as downsizing, I'll switch setups. Okay, my B-wood hooks isn't getting bit very often. So I'll switch to my uh, rod with the tungsten that I've had tied on since last year. And that'll get a bit more. I'm, I'm not retying that same setup with a whole bunch of different things. 
He doesn't reinvent the wheel. And and actually, one of my other setups, I don't even know how long that spoon's been on there. Oh, my gosh. At least from last year, maybe the year before, because the paint's peeled off on one side. It's It was painted like a... Uh, like a like a shatter minnow but it's yeah bare down to the metal and there's nothing there and that's what i caught that catfish on and then that's what i caught well it popped off but i hooked up with a really nice wallet that so that lure's been on there for like two seasons mm-hmm. i feel like yeah so but as kids, far as kids philosophy don't change anything at all yeah just as far as downsizing go I, I just switched that so from a spoon to a tungsten but from there i'm not constantly switching spoons or constantly switching tungstens so I guess no. Is I will answer. say, Wonder Bread B, B Wood with the little rattle in it, right? Fire. Yeah, the yep. rattle. It, it has been dynamite for me too. That was my Lake of the Woods best jig, and that's what I caught my biggest crappie on last weekend. So, I mean, I give it props. It is it has been a good bait. I think Wonder Bread is a great color in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've caught two of my biggest walleyes on Wonder Bread mm-hmm. uh, tungsten jigs. So. Uh, half you look at half of my tackle and i'd say 25 percent of it's wonder bread mm-hmm. see but. that's what i have tied on and that's what i've been catching fish on but for me i, I don't i don't swear by that color no you, you, it's just no. what i have tied on and i if it I'm broke, fish, if it broke off it. that's the only way you'd change is if yeah. you break if, off if i break my off. frustration yeah. with that though is it doesn't make any sense the wonder bread no color. it doesn't no it doesn't oh another <laughs> Another thing is... Oh, wait. Match the hatch. Yeah, Wonder, bre- wonder yeah, Bread. Wonder bread. What, what's White that with like? polka dots. <laughs> yeah. It makes and no sense. And then you make it glow. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess, like you were saying earlier, if you're fishing it aggressive enough, they'll just bite it on reaction. They're, they won't see all those little polka dots on there, and they, they won't care. And another point is, one other reason I would change lures is, okay, this season's over. Next year, I got to re-spool my line. You know what? I never fished this other color. I want to throw it on here, and then I'll probably stick with that color the whole season. <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. Yeah. See, like if, uh, if it, I'm marking fish and they're coming up and they won't eat it, yeah, I'm that, changing. That, that bugs me. I'm changing. Like I'm, I feel like Instantly. I'm doing something wrong. Instantly. I'm either jigging something wrong or they just don't want what I got. Right. Yeah. That that's when I will switch to like a tungsten and then yeah, okay, I'll catch. Rod. Yeah, I'll catch a bunch of crappies for a little while. I'll downsize and then if that doesn't work, then I go aggressive. Put a put a spoon on with some some rattles and that's usually what'll get it usually otherwise the fish just don't they don't want to bite See, exactly sometimes it's that way they don't want to bite if they, if they don't biting want, what if they I don't got. want what i want what yeah. i got then they don't out. want anything yeah they don't want nothing i ain't gonna just switch to it's time, fish stupid. it's time to cook lunch yeah, yeah it's time to kick that uh, fishing flows down it's time to make yeah. some food or drink a beer no oh. sorry but you know switching works not switching sometimes works, but for me, I don't know. It's just maybe I'm just stubborn. Is that being stubborn or just lazy? I think it's lazy is what it is. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you're confident in what you have tied on and that it's going to produce if the fish are in the right mood. You do it open water though too. I do. <laughs> so it's 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 not like it's not something that you don't do year round. Hey, what color are you using? But most people, I don't think most people are that way, man. I think. You're, I mean, I think I it's think a little you, stubborn, and a little. Bit. I think I think you're set in your ways. Most people aren't like that. I think it's just lazy. That's the word. I don't think stubborn. Is, I'm not. I'm not a super stubborn person. No, I think. I think you're just like, man. This lures the bob, the bee's knees. I like, guess I'm. I'm gonna use it if they don't want it. Well, the stubbornness would come from 
if they don't want to buy this, then they're not going to buy anything. That's where the stubbornness comes yeah. from. I I think there's other factors that are more important, like my cadence or how my yeah. my whatever Wonder Bread B Wood hook is presented, uh, the chunk. <clears throat> The size of the chunk of crappie that I got on there, or the shape of it. I th- I feel those things are more important. Do they want it dead sticked? Yeah. Do they want it dead sticked versus the actual color of the spoon or whatever tungsten itself? Do they want a live minnow? Like there, there's so many questions you you try to figure out when you're out there. Or they just don't want to bite anything, so I'm yeah. not gonna bother. <laughs> The worst, though, is when they fly up to it super aggressive and then they just slam on the brakes right in front of it. Or they shoot off and they disappear. Yep. You're like, what? Yep. <laughs> what happened? What'd I do? You're, you're anticipating. And as soon as you move it, and they like, Tew! they're gone. You're like, okay, yeah. I not like that. Yeah. It's usually a dinky fish. <laughs> yeah. 99% of the time. Yeah. I think it is. Okay. Um, I, I kind of shared, I wouldn't say a disastrous story, but as far as the camping goes, do you have any, like, terrible experiences while you're ice fishing hmm. we're like man this kind of sucks i mean not to the point where it would make you want to quit but no like maybe you fell through the ice or you cut your hand open or something like that no i mean we left um we left a lake in minnesota one time and we were coming off the boat ramp and i went to go turn right and we had a lot of snow and I, I didn't really see the ditch just kind of blended in with the road mm-hmm. and the right front tire went into the ditch. And so we were kind of like, Oh crap. Cause we didn't have, I mean, we didn't have anything to get out. Yeah. Um, but we just, we lucked out there. There was another guy coming off and he had a, a tow rope with him and he just pulled us out. So we got super lucky, um, on that trip. That would have really sucked. Um, I think the worst thing, honestly, has just been the hikes from the truck out somewhere. I think one time I went to Spirit, and we, I don't know if you guys ever fished Spirit, but it's just a real giant bull, and it takes forever if you're walking to get to, like, 20 foot or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're just walking, 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 which another thing is annoying is when everybody's flying by on quads and stuff. You're like, oh, sweet, man. You're pulling your <laughs> two-man shack through the snow. <laughs> and you're going forever just to get set up, and then you're like, oh. I left whatever it was in the back of the truck oh. and at, at that point you go you're like trying to just talk yourself into like do i really even need to go back yeah. <laughs> but you know the whole time you know you have to yeah, you're just yeah. like trying to think of reasons why you shouldn't and you're just like like a phone <sighs> all right here yeah. i go back, like a phone. back to the truck um yeah no i mean i guess i've, I've just been really lucky um you know, I, one big thing is I won't I won't drive my truck out on the ice unless I see somebody else drive out on the ice ahead of me, and like I see trucks out there and I know they've gone out of the same like access point, I won't do it. Yeah, not I, not because I'm afraid. I just not just not gonna take that chance. Yeah, I've done it a a couple of times and it's nerve wracking every single time. <laughs> I haven't done it in a few years. Yeah. There, but even like even like the guys on quads on Big Creek right now, like they they make me nervous, and it's not even me on a quad. But like I was fishing on the north end, and the ice wasn't near as good as I thought it would be, and guys just ripping around everywhere. I'm just like, dang. Hmm. Which I know it doesn't take it doesn't take a ton of ice, but it also doesn't take a ton to go through either. Yeah, no. it takes one one bad spot, yeah, one, one bad time, time, one time. Adios, ATV. <laughs> you know, right. so like I. I don't know. A lot of trucks I've seen been going through the ice up in Minnesota this year. 
The know. ice isn't isn't near as thick as you'd think. We're up at Lake of the Woods, which is, I mean, as far north as the borders you go, and we had 16 inches. Mm. And was, so what is it typically during this 20, time? 20, yeah, yeah cl- close to 30. Yeah. I think people get a false sense of security because this season – we actually started pretty early compared mm-hmm. to other seasons, mm-hmm. but, but a, the weather since the beginning has been dumb. About a week and a half, than nor- normal. At least a couple weeks. A couple, early, maybe a couple like. weeks earlier yeah. than normal. Yeah, normally, I definitely normally wouldn't it's qualify usually... our ice right now as good ice. Like it's fishable ice, you know, especially if you're somebody who knows what you're doing and take the right precautions. But for the time of year to see edges open on ponds and stuff is really kind of a bummer. Yeah, but by next Wednesday, Thursday, I think ice everywhere is going to be good in yeah. central Iowa. Yeah. We've got at least three days where it's zero or negative right. overnight for which temperatures. Is, which so is nice. My, I saw that and my eyes and my heart started melting. I'm like, oh, we're going to build ice finally. Oh, Great. So my thing is... I, I just wish, why can't that be during the week and then on the weekend be in the 30s? Yeah. And then on Monday, it could be negative two or whatever again. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Butters? Any bad experiences while ice fishing other than... Other than our experience? Other than this recent one. So I tried a new lake last year with a buddy and we got stuck. Um, the launch wasn't plowed. And my buddy's like, oh, you'll be fine. There's tracks. Somebody's driven down there. And in I, your car? In my car. And Aww. I'm like, dude, I don't have 4 by 4 Like, I don't have all-wheel drive. And we got down there, and I, I got stuck in, in, in the circle. And then I was able to actually get my car to a point where I, I could launch it up the hill. Man, I got three-quarters of the way up, and boom, stop. I'm like, well, we, we're not getting <laughs> We might as well just launch from here. Dude. So we launched, and I caught like a five-pound largemouth through the ice, like the first hour we were there, and then we didn't catch anything after that. And we were there for probably six, seven hours, and it was freezing cold. Didn't want to move. And that's like the first cast curse when you catch a fish on the first cast, and you're like, uh oh. Hey, but it was me that caught it, so <laughs> yeah. I, I was cool. With yeah, it. you're I was all right like, my car stuck. All right, I deserved that five pound largemouth. Yeah, That's yeah cool. worth it. Worth it, you know. <laughs> and then his buddy, uh, he actually got a hold of somebody, and he came and he, we hooked up tow strap, and he pulled my car up the hill, and uh, we were like, well, let's go try and fish a different area of the lake. You know, we got three, four hours night bite, night bite, right? And uh, we get over to the other end of the lake launch we're fishing no wind all day i'm like ah, i don't need to put any anchors <laughs> up right no i'll be good and then uh out of nowhere a gust of wind like 30 mile an hour gust sends my 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 clam hub just end over end like 50 yards away and i'm just sitting there still jigging my buddy's yelling at me he's like aren't you gonna chase it down i'm like nope after today, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> he drug it back over, and we ended up packing up and leaving. And then it was snowing on the drive home. And my boss is like, where are you at? We got to work in three hours. And I'm like, I'm, I'm on my way back. Don't worry. I'll be there, you know. Yeah, that's when you were doing snow removal. Yeah. Right? Thank, yeah. Thank, thank you. I'm not doing it anymore. I do have one semi kind of crap story. So we drove seven hours to go to, out to Wabe and Bitter area. Mm. Uh, so we left probably around, I don't know, midnight on the night we left. We left about midnight. Get up there about 7 a.m. or what have you. Fished right away. 
fished through five, six o'clock at night, and then drove home oh. same same night. So <laughs> didn't stay. So drove home, and it was dark and whiteout conditions. So it was blizzard. So that was brutal. And the kind of like good and bad of the, of the story is, so we get about two miles from my ex to get home, and it's about two a.m. Get a flat tire and mm. hit something on the interstate, <laughs> and it's like oh, negative dude. ten. When it rains, it I pours. mean the the positive is we're only two miles from home, right? And you know we're relatively close and not like in the boonies in yeah. Nebraska or something. But it didn't wasn't a lot of fun getting out in that weather. Um, and changing the tire either that wasn't oh, dude. that, that kind of sucked that's so, gotta suck and after you know 24 hours of being awake or whatever it was like yeah we're never doing that again <laughs> that, that's a little too much for a drive turn around and come back oh. i guess for me other than this past week this past week it was up there for one of my worst experiences for ice fishing it was one of those it, it, when it rains it pours kind of weekends yeah it just it's just one thing what, after another. What can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. I guess but it it could have been worse we, too. It we, could have been worse. I mean, we made the best of it for what it was. And I think that when when times get tough out on the ice, it, it tests your will, you know? You're like, do I want to pack up and go home, you know? Or do I want to go run to the gas station, get a coffee, refresh for a minute, or whatever? Or you go know? to just, the bathroom. Or just go to the bathroom. <laughs> take take a break, you know, but I think I think sometimes when when those times and those trips are you have all those bad things, but then you can take the pros from those trips, you know the little things, and you can make the best out of things, even yeah. even when they're bad. When yeah. you got to keep your emotions in check, because right. if you get really upset, then you usually just snowball the issue because you're not yeah. you're acting out of emotion, and something else bad happens, and then it just keeps going. You got to like okay chill what's the problem what's the solution move forward right yeah but experiences like this past weekend it 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 elevates the highs even higher yeah uh granted it could have been worse i could have like burnt my whole shack down or something (laughs) that's 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 a fear in the back of my mind like man what if i you know knock over my heater and it just catches on fire or sometimes those heaters just you know blow up yeah, uh, you know, luckily, it nothing has been catastrophic, annoying and inconvenience. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll talk about other than this previous story. I guess it's more of a funny story than a than a, a bad experience. But okay, so me and my buddy Matt, we we're out fishing up. Uh, I don't even know why I want to allude to a lake because I I won't say it anyways. But anyways, we we're fishing all day at this one lake, super calm, sunny skies. Fishing kind of sucked, and we were packing up, getting ready to go. Uh, we both had to go pee really bad. So I think, if I remember correctly, Matt, he, he just went to go pee. And since there was no wind at all, we didn't anchor down our my shack. It was, had like a little Eskimo 767 at the time. Okay, whatever, you know, just go pee in the shack. Matt gets done. He steps outside. Okay, my turn. And then as soon as I'm midstream... The video stopped, but I'll just keep going. Midstream, I just hear everything shaking like, and then, woof, the freaking tent flies over me. It, I mean, it wasn't like rolling across the lake or anything. Did you get knocked down then? No, it, it, it was like a what's that Charlie Chaplin where the thing, 
you know, falls down and he's just standing perfectly straight. Well, the opposite happened. It's just flipped over and I'm standing there midstream. I look back at Matt and I'm like, <gasps> and there's like two guys straight in front of me. Like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> oh, and Matt man. brings this story up all the damn time. It's funny though. I, I just, yeah, I don't blame him for, for bringing it up all the time, but man, that's, Probably the funniest he, experience. He probably brings it up because you give him so much shit about catching drums. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of another, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the record button over there real quick. All right. Speaking of funny stories, so we were at this bait shop. Me and Matt again. We used to fish together quite a bit, but uh, yeah, we we're up. A few hours away so it wasn't like a local area and man we got to the bait shop and my stomach was just hurting <laughs> probably from spicy all the spicy food that i eat and i look at this at the sign on the door and the lock is broken like man like, all right whatever i just you know i was able to get the door closed enough it wasn't like a doorknob it's just a little latch <laughs> but i got it enough where nobody could peek in and see me but then, you know, I'm doing my stuff and I just hear footsteps. Like, oh no. And the door comes over like <gasps> and me and the guy looking at each other, close the door, and afterwards, uh when I go out there, I make eye contact with the guy and he like looks at me and my man's like laughing his ass <laughs> off. I was like, dude, it's so awkward, man. <laughs> That's why like when you hear those footsteps, you gotta throw in that like uh, the cough, you know, so they can hear you. Like, <clears throat> you know, they're like, "Oh, okay, there's something." Yeah, something I, I should. I, I have a. Some people don't don't look though. Like I've been in a public restroom in a mall, and I'm in there doing some, you know, doing my business. Uh-huh. And you can see shoes if you look down. You know, and when you walk by stalls, you can see shoes, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy just straight barge. You know. <laughs> He had to go, man. The door was locked, and he, he pushed it open. And I was like, whoa, bro. <laughs> like, what's going on, man? Yeah. Oh, it's so embarrassing. What What's what's worse, it's, it's walking kind of funny, in though. on somebody or being the guy being walked in on? Um, what's more awkward? I think, I, I think I'd feel more awkward with somebody walking in on me. I think but, being the guy walking in on the other person. Like, how could you not know? <laughs> like, that's one thing I look for when I go into a public restroom. I'm like, is there shoes? Is the door locked? Like, can I hear anything? <laughs> yeah, but sometimes, you know, you can't see shoes. or what, it, And it's not locked. You just open the door. Freaking guy. Because, like, the, th- the thing is, like, if you're the person in the bathroom... You're so focused on like doing what you got to do, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. so this interruption is just like, oh, whoa, whoa. I'm like, I'm, I'm already focused doing my thing. Whereas if you're the person, you're like, hey, I'm going to go in here and go do my, and you're like, whoa. And then you're like, there's the awkward of like, do I say, like, oh, sorry, oh. you know, or do I, oh, oh my bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Oh. Well, then, and then like, and then you're just taking in everything that you see as soon as you open, you're like, whoa, what did I just see? Like, yeah. How, how are they gonna look at me weird when they come out and like where do I stand once I'm, I go back out like I, I need to get in there so where do I go like I need to stay close but then they'll know it's me if I'm close by or do I go walk around <laughs> yeah. for a little bit so that's what it was like walking around that bait shop like, oh my god dude you ever you ever been in a restroom and somebody tries to sneak their phone underneath the stall I had that happen to me when I worked out at the mall no because I because we didn't have a public bathroom in our store so when I go to the bathroom 
I'd have to go to a public restroom. And one time somebody tried to do that, and I, I, I literally stopped, <laughs> didn't wipe, got up, kicked the door open, kicked yep. their door open. I'm like, what are you doing? And we, uh, I was like ready to do business, you know what I'm saying? And it, they ended up, I was like, you need to get the hell out of the bathroom now. And then I went back and finished what I was doing. <laughs> I was so weirded out and so uncomfortable by that. Yeah, that is super weird. I was like, let me see your phone to make sure they didn't get anything. You know, I'm like, what are you doing? It was just some kid, you know, like 19, 20 years old. I'm like, what are you Weird. doing in here? Maybe he saw you go in there and he had the hots I, for you. I did no idea, man. But public restrooms are scary. Sometimes I just wait till I get home. Yeah. I, I think it's more awkward walking in on somebody. Yeah. Because at least when you're the guy taking a dump, somebody walks in on you. You know, okay, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, know, you got to cover up a little bit mm-hmm. and whatever. Okay, It's just the guy that walked in on you. But if you walk I in on somebody. I think you get more embarrassed by walking yeah, in on You get somebody. more embarrassed. Yeah. Well, when you walk in on somebody, now you got that image yeah. in your head. Yeah. Some guy took painted. Shit. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> painted in your head. You're like, oh man, you gotta so go I, home. Gotta go home and watch something else to get it out of your mind. You yeah. know, or yeah, yeah. That, see, I, I feel like that is worse. So having that, like, man, I just saw butters taking a shit. I, I cannot get that image out of my head now. <laughs> I don't know. We went down a couple rabbit holes, rabbit like hole. usual. We always do. Yeah, I guess it kind of ties into me taking a dump on the ice. I guess, what if I was just taking a dump and you just rush over? Just unzip. What, what are you doing? <laughs> I was taking a dump. <laughs> I know you wouldn't, but. No. Well, I, what if I, like, wanted you to, like, oh, butter, it comes over. This topic came okay, up. it's getting weird. This topic came up, um, like, in our day shacks um, up north, you know, and it's. Daytime highs were talking zero or colder, right? And uh, I was fishing with, you know, some older guys that are retired and fishing, and you bring out the bucket. Well, the day shacks don't have a bathroom, so their awkward conversation comes up. And, and maybe it's just assumed, but it's, it's going on in my head like, okay, so if you guys got to go to the bathroom, are you going to go out, pull your trousers down, sit on the bucket outside where it's freezing cold, and go to the bathroom? Or are you going to literally sit on that bucket in the shack? Because if that's what you're doing, I got to step out. I can't yeah. I can't roll with that. No, no, um, no. But both are bad, right? Yeah, like if, if it's if it's negative 10, you're, gonna freeze. you're going to you're, you're bare leg trying you're to freezing. squat on that bucket. You At might. the same time, I can't be in that shack with you <laughs> listening to that, so, smelling that when you're sitting there on that bucket. I'm trying to jig a fish up here. <laughs> No, man. So the, right here where you're talking about, I went to a lake, got there, set up, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> the I worst, should, I should. worst feeling. And there's no ba- Casey's or, yep. you know, because Casey's a staple to poop in. Like, yep. Anyways. Oh, I've, basically, every fishing trip that me and Butters goes on. Like, oh, we're stopping. Oh, Casey's Oh, there's a Casey's? Up. Oh, I got to poop. I, I got to go, man. <laughs> yeah. But I had to go. And I just got set up, and I had I, all I had was a plastic peg and a five-gallon bucket with me. And I was like, I'm not going. And it was freezing outside, like negative 10. I, I had to go. I, I'm not going outside. I just set up. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I drank the night before. I'm like, I got to go. It's bad. I went. Man, I had to open both flaps up in that tent. You were at least by yourself, though, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. My buddy was by me. Yeah. 
Needless to say, we didn't fish there very long. He came over and he was like, whoa. He didn't even step in. He was like, whoa, what'd you, what'd you eat? Yeah. My problem is we're in a, we're in a shack with like four dudes. Like, Yeah, you can't be doing that. You're not sitting no. your fat ass on that bucket in the shack taking a dump. Dude. Not happening. <laughs> that or I'm, I'm out. Like, I'm not fishing in there for that time while you're doing that. No, not happening. Can't do it. No. So this year, I, well, my buddy Matt, he had the black compostable bags so if you're gonna do this make sure you bring black bags because last year i brought a white trash can or not a white, <laughs> white trash, trash white bag. white trash bag and it's funny my buddy matt met us out there and he saw a bag outside my tent oh my god <laughs> there's brown streaks all over it he's like man that is disgusting i was like what how'd it go then when i was packing up like dude that is gross now i gotta deal with it <laughs> I try to hold it, man. So I guess if there's another downside I try. to ice camping, <laughs> taking out your poop. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I try. I try to bring out my Marine Corps days when I, you know, I had to hold it when you have to and you don't have a choice. I tried. I'm like, I can make it at least another 10 hours. I can make it. I can make it. Uh, well, I don't, the food that I eat doesn't, doesn't. You know, help the situation. I I don't stop myself from eating the food that I eat. I, I'm willing to just okay. I got a bucket with a bag. Whatever. See, like anytime I'm going on an ice trip, it's got to make that decision. I'm either going at home or I'm going. We're stopping at a gas station before we hit the ice because you know if you don't, as soon as you get settled in, you're like, uh oh. Which I've had to do. Yeah. <laughs> Every trip, like when I wake up, I try to go. When we go get gas, I'm like okay, I'm. I, I when you got try your bibs it. on and everything, man, that. It's not like it's easy just going either. I, I don't wear my bibs when I'm driving. No, I'm talking about like if you get on the oh, ice. Oh, if you're yeah. on the ice. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. That's, it sucks. I know it does. <laughs> I, there's a, Especially if you got a 20-minute walk to yeah. go to a Kaibo. Yeah, actually, yeah. Well, at that same lake, I, I really had to go. I was like, okay, uh, I don't know if you were with me or not, but, you know, I got you the You took bibs. your heater with you. Yeah, I got bibs, <laughs> uh, my coat. Okay, I'm taking the heater with me. Might in as well. A, in a Might as well be comfortable. It was super drafty. Man, it was... I mean, unless you take your bib or yeah, your bibs off and your boots, your bibs are going to be like... Uh-huh. There's not a lot of wiggle room there. Uh-huh. So if you get a little, you know, a little stray piece or something, <laughs> you might be ruining your bibs or you, you might have to watch your bibs. <laughs> Okay. The challenges of ice fishing, <laughs> whether to poop or not to poop. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is what it is. You know, it's, it's nature. Yeah, it's a part. Of, it's a part of life. Yeah. The best part is like when you're up when you're up north on those night shacks, day shacks, or sleepers. You put your stuff out there in the bag, you know, outside the house, and then when the guys come in to check on you, and they pick up your bags, and it's just like rocks. They're just frozen rocks, and they're just throwing them. Oh, like, I feel so bad for those guys. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, man, that's why this costs so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I'd be charging a grip, too, man. I don't know. Okay. We've been talking about poop for way <laughs> too long. Um, I think we're probably almost at the two-hour mark now. Um, other than eating this hot sauce and me having a poop tomorrow do you guys have anything else actually maybe tonight i have to poop i don't have anything you, know, you wanna 
You want to recap your uh, your 515 stuff real quick? Yeah, sure. So if people want to get a hold of me, uh, 515fishingguides at gmail.com. Uh, they can check out the 515 Facebook page or uh, www.515fishing.com. Uh, got all sorts of different stuff up on uh, the page. If you're interested in uh, booking a guide trip, hit me up. Uh, we still got a couple dates here for February in the ice season. And then uh, spring walleye gets going, and that's probably my busiest time of the year. Um, so, yep, hit me up if you're interested in uh, booking a trip. Yeah, hopefully there will still be ice by the time this episode comes out because I, I think I settled on a every other week thing. Uh, it I think it's a pretty good pace. If I record one video a week or a one podcast a week, I can spread it out over every other week for quite a quite a little stretch because I don't know when Grandy's coming back. He doesn't know when he's coming back. Anyways, Butters, how about yourself? Want to plug your channel? Central Iowa Angler on YouTube. That's about it. Okay, cool. Subscribe, well, like. I only got three videos. I don't have one coming out soon in the foreseeable future. You throw on the, like, the little bell, the jingle bells in your videos and... Hey, click up here in no, the corner. Click over here in the corner. I, I really, like, subscribe, hit no, the bell. I really, I really haven't uh, gotten too fancy with the editing. Get the notifications. Yeah, I'm, I'm still learning all, <laughs> all of it. but uh, yeah. Links in the description right. for all my products. I, I did throw his channel in <laughs> one of go. my videos. Oh, snap. I did, I did do that, so all I the figured buzz, out All the buzz catchphrases when you're a YouTuber. <laughs> yeah, hashtags, yeah. hashtags, hashtags. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Vexlar Clam. Yep. Hashtag this. In, in your in your titles of your videos, catch and cook in parentheses. Yeah, I don't. Big, I big don't, fish. No, I don't put big. Personal PV. Biggest <laughs> biggest fish with stripes ever. <laughs> I don't do I don't do the blow ups. Yeah. I, I just I just kind of put it out there is what it is. You know, I I'll probably change up maybe some views this trip, this next video. Crappy smackdown yeah. or beatdown yeah. instead, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know what'll happen, but. Yeah, I'm doing it. It took a long time and a lot of people pushing me, but I'm 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 here and I'm I'm trying to have fun with it. I know it's a lot of work, but uh, I I don't know. I, like I've told Kit, I think the editing aspect is is a lot. Um, I know, but uh, I think it's worth it. You know, if people don't like what I do or what I put out, that's okay. That's their personal opinion and their their preference or whatever but at least when i get older i can look back on this and 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 uh say i did it at least or i attempted to do it so. yeah well anyways guys i hope you uh enjoyed this podcast i know i'm i'm, I'm still getting used to the fact that is basically you me yeah and normally granny would be like oh you know at on these segments he'd do the intro He'd do the outro, but I'd appreciate it if you guys shared, uh, leave a review. Actually, I don't even know if you can leave a review anymore because, uh, so for the podcast, this this stuff ain't free. The hosting of the stuff were like on Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. That stuff isn't free. Yeah, we gotta pay for that stuff, but we're gonna we're gonna dial all that stuff back because uh i'm i'm just doing this as a hobby really uh it's on youtube and we've moved over to the free version of buzzsprout we get audio for like two hours a month so maybe one episode of audio a month on there
but the main the main thing will be on the Bearfish Fanatics podcast YouTube channel. So if you guys could like, subscribe there, share those videos. That's where the main focus where this podcast is now. I'd really appreciate it. Check out my fishing kit YouTube channel. I catch well, you guys could actually see what we're we've been talking about and yep. this disaster camping video is coming up and it's gonna be on that channel. Other than that, guys, appreciate it. Appreciate you guys listening or watching, and uh, catch you guys later. Cheers. I'm, I'm out. Damn thirsty over here. Yeah.